Warp and Woof Radio, Radio Next.tv at the Cool Groove site. We are back every Wednesday from 10 until noon. And we have a great opportunity every single Wednesday, every single week to do the same thing. And that is to introduce Indianapolis to people, Christian folk around Indianapolis who are doing good based on Titus 3, 1, 8, and 14. Do good, do good, do good. And this morning is no different. We have brothers. <laughs> Char- yes, we have brothers that are charged up, ready to go. We got black and gold and Jerry Davis, <laughs> and he is here this morning. Good morning, brother. Good morning. Thanks for being here. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, tell, to be t- here. tell everybody why you're wearing black and gold. I am wearing black and gold to support the Iota Lambda chapter of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated at Charles Tinley School uh, this afternoon as we prepare to host the Midwestern region of the uh, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Wow. Try to say that three times real fast. <laughs> That's a really great thing. I'm sure he probably has, right? <laughs> <He> probably. <laughs> and right, sitting right next to him this morning, Chris Davis from uh, Bridge Leadership. Uh, Chris, good morning. Thanks for being here, man. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be an honor to be here. Oh, thank uh, you. Yeah, this is this is a hollowed ground, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have all different kinds of folks uh, coming in here every single week, and this is uh, – one of those weeks where we have an opportunity to uh, reinvest some time, kind of uh, elongate earlier discussions that we've been having really, quite frankly, for months right. uh, between us, uh, sometimes on the radio, uh, certainly around town. I mean, my word, you all have introduced me to so many different folks from here down to Bloomington and back again. And, uh, you know, I, I think we, we did the wing thing one night, you know, and those good things. So mm-hmm. all of that's good. We uh, today want to talk about the things that you want to talk about, though, Mm. and that is uh, care that men have for the next generation, Uh, just kind of a wraparound statement, I suppose, about a lot of different issues. But before we get into all of that, let's just kind of give a brief bio from each of you guys. Uh, Jerry, from your perspective, uh, tell us about yourself, your family, what you do here in Indianapolis. Sure. So I pastor the Life Community African Methodist Episcopal Church located on uh, 46 in college in the South Broad Ripple area of town. Um, I am not native to Indianapolis. I was actually born in Madison, Wisconsin, and spent some time uh, in the Chicago area. I um, was educated uh, in the School of Engineering at the University of Illinois in mm. Urbana-Champaign and obtained a bachelor's degree in computer science and met a Hoosier <laughs> in Gary, Indiana, mm-hmm. uh, First AME Church in Gary, Indiana, happy to uh, have just celebrated 17 years uh, congratulations. of marriage to my beautiful bride, Kiana Davis. Uh, we are the proud parents of uh, Chelsea Davis, uh, mm-hmm. currently studying at Payne Theological Seminary um, in uh, Ohio, and just enjoying um, pouring into the next generation, pouring into uh, generations that have gone before uh, and uh, generations that are walking the walk as I am trying to uh, walk it out uh, even now. As I've shared with both of you, the uh, theme for my ministry uh, today is the Nehemiah notion, uh, taking a hot mess and making a hot message. Um, I look around and I feel like Nehemiah who heard that the walls of the city had been burned with fire. He, mm. he, he literally had uh, been surrounded with a hot mess. Mm. Uh, but the hot message was we can rebuild 
the walls and no longer be in disgrace. And so for uh, me personally and as a mentor and as a minister, Mm -hmm. uh, I am consumed uh, with helping people see the hot messes Mm -hmm. in their life, but also recognize that God can take the hot mess and produce you know, it strikes me as I hear you say this, I don't know if we've ever had this discussion between the two of us before, but uh, it really is interesting to me how many former engineers or people who have studied engineering are now in theology. Mm. That by itself is a discussion point, I think, <laughs> which would really be interesting, right. uh, but certainly uh, mm-hmm. one that uh, we celebrate with you because uh, you're doing great work here in the city, and we're grateful for that. Uh, for the opportunities that you have at your church Amen. and uh, all of the folks that you meet and uh, make a con- make contacts with, which are voluminous across the city. Sure. So thank you for being here and for your work uh, in Indianapolis. Uh, Chris, uh, just as renowned, uh, you have uh, you have so many different connections, man. I'd, I was telling you off air, I'd, I'm just c- trying to hang on to your coattails, brother. Wow, uh, so wow. tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and uh, what you're doing here in Indy. Well, you know, um, first of all, I'm just I'm glad to be in the presence of, of uh, some brilliant thinkers. Uh, you know, I'm, in, I'm sandwiched between uh, a ton of wisdom and insight. I just love kind of listening to you guys chat. I'm over here like, man, the Nehemiah notion. Do people understand the meat in that statement? Um, but you know, you know, and I, you know, being on your show before, man. Um, you know, most fo- folks have uh, gotten a chance to you know, be introduced. So I'm, you know, native of Indianapolis, uh, lover of youth. Actually, had a meeting uh, prior to coming here with uh, uh, some some. Uh, literacy um folks and principals at various schools so um there's a lot that we'll unpack with that later but just love working with uh with students and uh you know the the birth the bridge leadership foundation uh because of that and some some uh, interaction i had with some folks uh, early in my life when i needed it most and um wanted to try to pay it forward in a way and so god has provided some some ways for us to do that and so there's so much there <laughs> that we're doing probably you know way too much uh but god uh his vision is always more than we feel we have the capacity to to accomplish in our own power and so uh you know, that's the reality for today. And so uh, that would probably be the best way I could summarize yeah. what life is like for me today. Right? Yeah. Well, it sounds to me like a spider's web, quite frankly. I mean, you're intersecting all of these different weaves that you've got going on in life around Indianapolis. And honestly, every time I talk with you, you're meeting with somebody else and somebody new, and you're attaching new logos and talking about new names, and I'm just kind of trying to hold back, you know, on the wind force of, uh, of Chris Davis over wow. here. So, Amen. yeah, this is, uh, this is great stuff to have you all here and to yeah. spend two hours with us because I think, you know, frankly, we probably need four or six or something, but we'll take two nonetheless just to have a conversation between the four of us about what is necessary for the next generation. You know, we sent out some uh, some questions ahead of time just for the sake of saying this to our audience. We always do this for all of our guests. We talk about what we want to talk about ahead of time. But quite frankly, this thing's going to ping pong all over the place, mm-hmm. and we're going to go from here to there and back again. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to take it wherever it goes. Dr. Clyde Posley, good morning, sir. Good morning, good morning. We are glad that you are here. You're looking dapper as usual. Oh, I don't know about that. I feel I feel great, though. <laughs> I feel great. God is all that blazer after God, we get about here. Is, you can have it. I, you, you can have it. It'll, it'll be better on better on you than me. <laughs> 
Well, gentlemen, we want to get to it. Uh, want to get to just some of the baseline issues. Let's talk first of all about really the thing that kind of brought us together, the three of us, as we started meeting. As as I recall, um, one of the first meetings was about the connection between what we're doing and education. So let's just talk about the broad issues of education first, uh, maybe some philosophies that you might have, and then you know narrow it down as you want to, uh, to where you want to take this thing, uh, everybody out there hearing what you're doing around the city. So education just generally, just uh, tell us what you're all about uh, that way. Sure. So as I shared, my uh, undergrad was at uh, the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign pursuing a degree in computer science. And I struggled with a capital S uh, through that program. But that, that struggle uh, produced in me a sensitivity for folks who are struggling behind me who do not have the resources that I had as I was uh, going through even high school and, and entering into college. And so that produced in me a passion to expose kids uh, to college settings. Um, I was surprised by the number of kids who lived in Urbana-Champaign who had never been on the campus of the University of Illinois. Wow. And so out of that um, observation, we organized several college tours to get kids not just onto the campus of the University of Illinois, but to several historically black colleges and universities mm -hmm. uh, throughout the country. And in between those uh, trips took the time to get a sense of what those kids wanted to be when they grew up and to begin to form a trajectory at an early age to mm -hmm. ensure that each step along the way would get them to where they wanted to go. And so even today, a lot of what uh, Chris and I are partnering on has a lot to do with exposure. And even if we are not in a position to get kids to the campus, we can bring the campus to the kid. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so uh, these, these relationships that uh, we are working mm -hmm. on and, and building uh, has a lot to do with bringing that exposure uh, to the child, even if the child does not have an immediate opportunity to uh, find themselves in those uh, environments. Right. Mm -hmm. Your uh, concerns for education are, are very deep in this regard, and you, um, along with others, of course, uh, put together uh, an institute, a center, if you will, uh, down right next to an IPS school. Tell us a little bit about that center, why that's so important to you, and what your vision might be for the future that way. Sure. So we've coined this center a micro-learning center. The idea behind the micro-learning center is it requires a lot less capital mm. uh, to maintain than a traditional community center, mm -hmm. for one. Uh, another aspect of the micro-learning center is it is actually an abandoned home, mm. an abandoned house, converted for use as a learning center. Mm -hmm. The beauty of such a space is you can do more mm -hmm. than offer tutoring in, in that space. And so while my initial vision mm -hmm. uh, for that space was for tutoring to take place there, uh, God saw my heart to do something about this school-to-prison pipeline. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens that the first program that we had an opportunity to run out of that house uh, was actually a legal aid clinic. Mm. Um, the Black Law Students Association um, at the Indiana University Law School at IEPUI mm. uh, approached us about 
offering legal aid to uh, persons who are formerly incarcerated and um, have items on their record that are preventing them from moving forward in life. Mm -hmm. So they came to us about uh, running an expungement program, and I'm happy to report that even this coming Saturday, uh, they will be at the uh, Cheney Center, located at uh, 2415 Dr. Andrew J. Brown, uh, to offer those services. Mm -hmm. And so that becomes um, a, a physical space where we actually bring exposure to kids as opposed to immediately bringing kids to environments um, for higher learning and uh, other opportunities. So you're taking the school to the children? Taking the school mm -hmm. to there the children, yeah. bringing the resources to the children, eliminating challenges of transportation uh, because now the resources uh, are literally next to mm. the children who need them the most. Right. At the IPS school. Tell us about that particular school, what number it is and so on. Sure. So um, the Cheney Micro Learning Center happens to be directly across the street, uh, or Kitty Corner, to school number 56, mm. IPS uh, school number 56. And one of the strategies frankly, behind the microlearning center concept is to situate um, the center close to where other resources happen to already exist. Mm -hmm. So we do not exist to reinvent the wheel. We do not exist to replace the wheel. Mm -hmm. uh, we exist simply to come alongside yeah. resources that already exist. And in fact, in speaking with uh, the principal at the school, she uh, impressed upon us uh, not so much a need for additional programming during the school day mm -hmm. because the day is already packed. Mm -hmm. But what about that literal mean time between the school day mm -hmm. and the home day? Yes. And so uh, being situated right there by the school, uh, we are able to serve children mm -hmm. uh, right there in that neighborhood. Um, the house happens to be directly across the street from Martindale Church of Christ, and so there's the spiritual support uh, for the, the families as well. It strikes me as I hear this that uh, one of the great necessities, I think, of any city is what's called ABCD, which is Asset-Based Community mm -hmm. Development. Mm -hmm. And ABCD, or Asset-Based Community Development, for those of you who are listening, is really necessary for every community so that you recognize where your resources are, just as you've well suggested, and then you combine those resources with other resources and you continue to grow the nucleus of power. Mm -hmm. I see this big smile on your face over there, Pastor. This is a good thing, right? That is a very good thing. We exist to be a hub yeah. of resources. That's the word I was just thinking, hub. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. This is a powerful concept yep. uh, and one that I think is, as you continue to blossom this vision in other areas, you know, I, it's just going to be a welcome and wonderful thing that, that you're doing. Uh, Chris, from your perspective, uh, what is your engagement in the Micro Learning Center and how do you not only benefit from but also uh, give assistance to uh, this particular program? Wow. Yeah, so that's a very pregnant question. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I guess, you know, to give, uh, you know, a bit of insight in terms of uh, the movement is the, f the very fact that both of our last names are Davis. If that tells you anything about what this movement is going to be all about, Davis. this Davis and Davis connection. Uh, and, and so, you know, we work a lot in concert. 
um, in terms of the things that we're doing and the vision. It's really interesting how, you know, while the vision is diverse, it is connected, mm. right? So, you know, he was dreaming a dream on another part of the country, and then I was dreaming a dream in another part of the country, and we got together and found out the dream was the same dream mm-hmm. um, from our perspectives with our unique gifting, um, our relationships, our experiences, how they were interwoven, even though we were in completely different places. And what's funny is, again, you know, again, just to kind of give a little <laughs> insight in terms of this, the commonality and you know, things that just kind of, you know, really, is that really how this thing is supposed to work? So he's at, at, at uh, University of Illinois, and I'm at Indiana. Uh, I know his wife um, really well, and, uh, you know, his football team had an eye on their helmet. Our football team had an eye on our helmet. You know, his their football stadium was Memorial Stadium. Our football stadium is named Memorial Stadium. I was like, okay, wait wait a minute. So then we're, I found out, you know, he as an AME pastor, I found out that my, our roots in terms of my family was in the AME church. Mm. It was an aha moment, and it's some of the same churches that he is connected to. And I'm like, okay, okay. I couldn't have written the script like this, right? And so it, that gives you any insight in terms of how uh, synergistic, you know, God has written this story for us. Um, that that kind of gives you kind of the the umbrella, the overview. And from a programmatic standpoint, which is how we um, engage in a lot of ways, uh, the micro learning center, as you said, it's it's this this is a major concept. Um, it seems simple. Um, but it is huge in terms of implementation, in terms of impact. Um, we, you know, one of the key pieces being proximity, mm-hmm. right? So that we bring to the hub th- those things that, that the folks need. Um, and we're not telling them what they need. They're telling us, mm-hmm. right? That's a wonderful thing. So, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, inc- it's important that we don't dictate to folks what they need, mm-hmm. that they share with us their heart, the dynamics of what their situations are, and, th- and they're involved in that process. It sure sounds like listening might be an important process here. You know that. Might, how about that? Is, what a that a, is that a good idea or, or what? <laughs> I'm telling you, we got to take a one-song break here. But uh, just before we do, Chris, uh, I wanted you to give a thirty-second now. Can you do it? I can do it. Thirty-second promo for the Breakfast for Dads coming up. Oh my goodness! Okay, so Breakfast with Dads at the Ignite Achievement Academy, uh, which is uh, in the former the uh, Elder Diggs uh, School Forty Two. Friday, April the 13th, starting at 8 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Uh, it's going to be a lot of great people there. Please come out. Ignite Achievement Academy. One of the head of school is Shaquan uh, Eli, uh, incredible individual. Uh, has opened his doors for us to have breakfast with dads on April the 13th at uh, 8 a.m. This Friday. Listen to it now, this Friday. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNX.TV at the Cool Groove site. We're going to take a one-song break. Be right back. We are back with Dr. Clyde Posley, Pastor Jerry Davis, Chris Davis. We are here in this wonderful Collaborate 317 where we have a great radio studio with our brother, our producer, Harold H.B. Bell. Uh, this is a great place to be. If you've never been to Collaborate 317, make sure to make your way here. And let me just give a shout out to uh, those who are interested, and I hope there are many, that will come out to our Cominius fundraiser, Jazz Mixer, on May 18th from 6 to 9 o'clock. And we are going to uh, not only bring the wonderful sonorous sounds of that uh, that marvelous uh, piano player that we have, George Middleton's coming in, 
Uh, but we're going to be exposing folks to Cominius and what we are doing here in the community, which I, I kind of feel like now that I'm associated with all you guys is, is multiplying in various ways uh, in different directions. Off air, we were discussing uh, the importance of men, and it sure sounds since we were uh, really kind of making that a wraparound statement here for uh, what we've been doing here this morning. Let's just jump back into that, and let me just ask a general question, and you guys just play with this as you want. Why are men important? Why are men important? Well, Brother Davis was saying, I'm, I'm going to let him, I want him to get back to what he was saying, that we're seed bearers. Right. And uh, I'd, let, I'd let him take it from there. Well, I mean, it's, it's, you know, this is the reality. We were just kind of, as we were tossing around, just kind of chatting about, you know, obviously, like you said, the importance of men. And it just kind of hit me that, you know, the reality is that uh, we are we are seed bears. I mean, in, in every way. Right. And so, you know, understanding our orientation helps us um, start to recognize our responsibility and our purpose and our impact. Um, you know, again, one of the, the you know threads of the conversation I had prior to coming here with uh, some school personnel and the principal uh, is how important masculine energy and masculine presence is mm -hmm. in an ac academic environment. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about elementary schools mm -hmm. and students at their most impressionable ages, how mm -hmm. important having a male presence is uh, in that place. And so as we talk about, you know, launching this uh, Building Bridges with Books uh, program and, you know, the number of IPS schools that we're launching it in, in the elementary level, uh, the, the schools, um, just talking about the importance of men. And mm -hmm. so we're not only talking about the academic environment, but we're talking about the social dynamics, uh, the family dynamics, mm -hmm. the, the church dynamics. So it's not just, again, you know, even from a spiritual standpoint, it's not just the pastor, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's the, the leaders under the pastor. It's right. individuals. So as we, you know, we think about the impact, I mean, it, it is diverse. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we are hearing the cries of society mm -hmm. as it relates to the absence of uh, of men, the absence of our presence, how we really need it and we're crying for it. Now, the, the key is, you know, not only recognizing the need, but creating the avenue and the opportunity for it to happen. Right. You know, so a lot of what we're doing is, you know, even uh, us, as we talk about men's ministry and men's programming and men's engagement and just, you know, the fellowship with men mm -hmm. is um, is helping men uh, to recover you know, from some of the early wounding and from some of the negative narrative mm -hmm. and from, quite frankly, some of the mistakes that we have made that we right. don't stay there. Right. right. I was sharing with you guys off uh, offline about the reality that a number of men, um, what happens is we get stuck in our mistake. We get stuck in the mm -hmm. cave and mm -hmm. we never come back out. Mm -hmm. And so we have this cave mentality mm -hmm. as it relates to the, our interactions with others with, that bears a certain kind of fruit. Right. So when you start dropping seed in the, the, the place of your mistake, mm -hmm. then you bear fruit in the place of your mistake. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, sometimes when you get stuck in the mud, you mm -hmm. need someone to come get you, to mm -hmm. pull you out, mm -hmm. you know, which gets back to us being men of God, our understanding that, that from a spiritual standpoint, that's what Jesus did for us. Mm -hmm. He came and got us. Mm -hmm. You know, we were stuck, mm -hmm. you know, and, 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 and we're unable to get ourselves out of the mess sure. that we have found ourselves in. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you need somebody to come get you, not only get you and pull you out and help you kind of get out of this place, but to remind you of who you are mm, and right. to affirm it like okay first of all you have to remember who you are and whose you are and then once you you grasp that concept 
then you realize that the cave was not the place you were meant to be. Right. You know, and so once I help you to realize that and understand it, then you can walk uh, in a different way. You don't have to stay stuck in whatever mistake that you made because the Bible is clear that we all make them. Mm-hmm. We all do. Mm-hmm. That's what forgiveness and being washed clean is, mm-hmm. is so that you can get back in the game. Right. Because, you know, we're, we're seed bearers. And so, and that's you know, true. that's important. You know, that, that, uh, along with what you're saying, that, that, that's what makes the, the uh, Nehemiah program, mm. and your efforts, mm. both your efforts, so important. Because what, in many ways, what, what the two of you, rep with your educational thrust, represent is extra effort mm. in the relationship mm. to recognize and, and so I say that and then explain it this way to recognize what you recognized yes, relative to your struggle yes, sir. Our, my struggle in undergrad yes, our struggle and, and the importance of helping people sure. it takes an effort on the part of someone in that relationship to not just recognize but to be resilient in their commitment to do something about it sure one example of this is in Luke chapter 5. Here we have this young man in a bed. Mm. He has four friends carrying him uh, to get to Jesus. Uh, the Bible says that the power, in, in, in Luke chapter 5 there that the power to heal was present. But they encountered a group of people who were considered press or a crowd who, had, who were there, who got there before they did mm-hmm. with the man in the bed. Mm-hmm. They did not, so they recognize his problem. They're already working with it, but they have to show some resilience and some commitment that he can't show for himself. Right. The, their efforts now. Yeah. It has now shifted. He may have requested to come, take me to see Jesus. But when they got there, mm-hmm. if he was going to see Jesus, it was no longer going to be what his request alone. Mm-hmm. It was going to be the effort that the other people in relationship to him made. Sure. And so what did they do? They did not complain and fight about people being there before them in the way. Why are you people here? Our priority is a bigger priority than yours. What we're dealing with, we have some one person sick. Well, they were all sick. That's why they were all That's there right. That's right. to see Jesus. That's right. They became innovative. Right. Climbed the side of the building, tore the roof off, mm-hmm. and lowered the man down That's right. before Jesus. Jesus was so impressed. Not Now, not catch this gentleman. He was so impressed with their efforts, mm-hmm. he spoke the man healed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want you to think about this. Mm-hmm. The man made a request, maybe. We don't know. This description doesn't specifically say this. To, but but he, we know he ends up seeing Jesus. I mean, I ask, you know, getting to see Jesus. But the these efforts That's right. of the group who could have said, look, man, we got you here. Yeah. Here's Jesus. There he is. Yeah. Crawl. Yeah. The rest right. of the way. Yeah. Right. Get another group to help you. Yeah. Right. No, they said, we brought you this far, mm-hmm. and we recognize that you are within reach. Mm-hmm. You guys, man, you guys represent, and as well as uh, the Dr. Eccles, represent extra effort and real relationship. Mm-hmm. It's not 50-50 if it's, if it's the real relationship. Sure. Right. Sure. A real relationship, love relationship, is more often 90-10. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 70-30. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. and uh, I know Teddy Pendergrass wanted a fifty-fifty love. But <laughs> that, ain't how, that ain't how it really go. Well, if I if I may yeah, jump so. in here, I want to I want to throw an alley oop to uh, to my my great friend and colleague uh, Reverend Davis because he preached a sermon um, where the the thrust was being all in, mm. which I, it, it coincides perfectly with what mm. you just shared. You mm. were sharing, and and he shared it also at uh, at, a, at a men's conference we were both a part of with uh, our good friend uh, Reverend uh, Randall Randall Pierce, 
Uh, but but uh, here's the alley you, Reverend. I know that there were about three or four points in that thing mm-hmm. that had us climbing over you know, chairs and pews <laughs> like, okay, I'm we sure. have heard from Ohio, but if you wouldn't mind just unpacking a little bit of that all-in piece. Sure, but if I could, before, before we deal with that, I want to go back to this piece on innovation. Mm-hmm. Because with that crowd between these brothers and Jesus, they, if, if all they had was effort without the innovation mm-hmm. you talked about, mm. they would have been left in an insane place continuing to try right. to do the same thing over Look, and looking over. Looking as though they had failed. It, looking as though they had failed, right. though they had tried. So, right. so we need some, some innovation. And when we talk about the importance of brothers, and in particular, in a brother's life, I think that, that, that Pastor Posley and I can both speak to that uniquely. Um, as in the room, we have an Alpha and an Omega. Amen. But going beyond that, sometimes you need another brother to speak into your ear to say something along the lines of fake 23 blasts, mm. backside George reverse. Mm. Because I'm in, a, I'm in a place now where I need to call a play that I haven't called in a while. That's right. right. Because I'm in a situation that I've either never been in mm-hmm. or haven't been in this situation in a while. Yes. And so if I am in that cave, and yes, I've seen Remember the Titans more than once. <laughs> but if, if I'm in the cave and, and I need to get out of it, I need to try something different. different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at Peter uh, when he failed Jesus. He failed Jesus the same way three, three times. times. Mm-hmm. Come on, he, he denied Jesus Three times, and many times men fail Jesus the same way Mm -hmm. over and over, expecting a different result. You need Mm -hmm. to call another play. That's right. And what I appreciate about Peter was after the third failure, the different play he called was at least to weep. But it wasn't a weeping moment that became permanent for him Mm. because godly sorrow leads to repentance. Mm. And so scripture is right that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And, And I think that, that you all would agree that many times when, when we failed a number of times, we even lose a vision. That's sure. For sure. success. Sure. And, and, and fear the, creeps in. Fear and shame, creeps in. And embarrassment, shame creeps in. And all designed to make that, you stop. That, right. That whole piece. And so I think that it is important for us, even in those moments, to be assured that, that, that he'll not only forgive us, mm-hmm. but give us a chance to break out of the insanity with a new strategy. Mm-hmm. That's powerful stuff, man. You know, first of all, we we jump right into football. Okay, I love that. Let's let's just notice that right away. Uh, thank you for uh, calling a different play and moving us in that wonderful sport of football. Uh, but beyond that, you know, it's kind of hard sitting here with y'all because, man, every single word is coming from the preacher here. Oh, this you, is a wonderful thing. Spoken from a preacher. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Uh, this is a really uh, an important idea, and this concept, uh, let's just keep keep it going here on innovation. Mm. Let's keep talking about the issue of innovation and why creativity mm. is so imperative 
in education. Oh, my mm-hmm. word. Pastor Davis, he's just – I don't know <laughs> if we can contain him over here. Uh, yeah, this issue of innovation and creativity, why is that so imperative for education? Wow. Well, one is it's a, creativity, and I don't want to take this. I want our guests to talk, but I'm going to throw this out there. You know, creativity is a part of the the natural and normal functioning of the human psyche, and and it's and it's probably one of the more neglected components of our brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to throw this. I'm going to punt this over to the to these brothers. But uh, one one of creativity studies' most um, prolific writers, a man as you guys may know, Chick Sink Mahali. And Chick Sigmahali talks about how that the brain is wired. It's not that he's not he's not Christian, but he talks about how the brain is wired to create. Mm. It's designed to produce and not maintain. Mm. And it's easy. Pastor kind of touched on this a second ago. It's easy to seek to just maintain a level mm-hmm. instead of to push yourself mm. uh, uh, into broadening. And there is the creativity. And, and some arguments suggest, Dr. Eccles, that struggle mm. is the brain's best friend mm. because adversity produces mm. thoughts right. and, and efforts that success does not. Mm. Well, I think to be creative is to live out what it means to be made in the Image. image of God, absolutely. Because at the end absolutely. of the day, he is a creator. That's right. And I don't know if there was any more innovative event in history than creation. Than the birth of Jesus. Right. So so we, we have creation. There you go. Uh, but then we have re-creation um, in the person of Jesus. And, and so he comes, and he comes to bring out the best in us mm-hmm. uh, to remove whatever was in us that kept us from releasing the best of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We did not come to God. God came to us. Ah, and said that, that is night. the whole <laughs> idea behind the micro learning center. Mm-hmm. You don't have to come to the church. Mm-hmm. The church is going to come to you. And like Jesus, remove any barriers from you being your best self. So when I'm working with kids and when I'm working with people in general, uh, many times people look at me and they'll say that I'm quiet. Well, I'm quiet not because I don't have anything to say, (laughs) but because I am so curious about what it is that God has placed inside of you. So as it relates to education, I think that um, this strategy has to do with saying just enough to get the genius that lives in the kid that we're working with. This is a fantastic discussion, gentlemen. I'll just uh, lay something on you that will preach. Uh, the creator created creatures who creatively create from creation. There you go. The creator created creatures who creatively create from creation. That's our role. That's our responsibility. That's wow. what we do every Wednesday wow. from 10 until noon. You are listening to Warp and Woof Radio. We're going to take a one-song break and be right back. But before we leave, I just got to mention again, Breakfast with Dads this Friday, 8 o'clock. If you have any question at all, friend any of us here on social media. We will be posting about all of this stuff constantly. We've got friends coming. We want to pack the house, make sure that you're there. Warp and Woof Radio, we'll be right back. 
We are coming back in at Warp and Woof Radio, Radio Next.tv at the Cool Groove site. And we are so energized around this table that we're just bleeding into one part of the radio show into another. Uh, This uh, discussion we've been having off air about a purpose, I think, is one that we should probably continue here. Uh, The issue of uh, what it is that gives us reason and meaning uh, to pursue whatever it is that we have been given to do. And I'm just going to lay, like I've been doing here this morning already, I just lay that out for you all. You tell me, why is purpose so important for men? What is the importance of purpose? <laughs> and do you want to take it just as purpose, or you want to take it as purpose for men, purpose for education? Let's talk about the importance of purpose. I think purpose ultimately gives endurance. Mm. I think it, it, it adds endurance. Um, when I dealt with this notion of being all in, Mm-hmm. One of the things I shared with the men is you don't know you're all in until you've pursued your purpose after pain. If if what you're doing hasn't started to hurt, you you can't really say you're all in. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't stayed in your marriage after the marriage hurt you, you can't say you're all in in your marriage. If you're working in the community and serving people, if you haven't continued to serve the people after the people you are serving hurt you, you can't say that you are all in. But purpose carries you beyond the pain. Mm. That's why Jeremiah was able to say, I really don't feel like preaching. Mm -hmm. I really don't feel like being a prophet anymore. But the word of God in me is like fire shut up in my bones. Mm -hmm. Now, we apply that to preachers, but I believe it is a universal principle that once I've discovered what my purpose is, I can continue beyond the pain. Mm. There's something that, uh, interesting that I want to kind of piggyback on, and it just it just dropped in on me as, uh, as you were sharing that. Um, the purpose igniting your passion, mm-hmm. which carries you sure. past your pain, right? Mm-hmm. So when, what I, I looked at, I was unpacking the word passion, and, and the root of it is passio, which means suffering, mm-hmm. right? And so you can't say you're passionate That's about right. something right. if you aren't willing to or haven't suffered sure. for it, right? So when we think about you know, this classic, you know, record-breaking movie, The Passion sure. of Christ, sure. right? He loved, you know, what he was purposed to do so much so and much. for, right, the, 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 the point of his purpose, mm-hmm. right? That he would, he was willing to suffer mm-hmm. for it, mm-hmm. right? And so when you think, when you say, pa- you know, purpose past the pain, mm-hmm. right? And all these different scenarios, which I'm trying to stay in my skin, I promise. It, there's not enough room to run around this place <laughs> with, like I really want to, but, but man, I mean, you are so on point with that as it relates to men, mm-hmm. because, and I, I remember sharing this with a good friend of mine that, you know, Miles Monroe mentioned that. It's not um, just important for for men to to get a job. It's not. That's not the key. The key is for him to find his work. Yeah. 
his purpose. Sure. What am I here for? Right. So this this work. Right. And it being tied to everything else that we do. Right. We're seed bearers. So whatever our work is, we're, we're, we're walking this thing out. So this is my contribution to, to the world. And so when we start talking about even tying it back to the breakfast with dads, mm-hmm. the reality is men, we're functional. We need something to do. Mm-hmm. So when we get finished this work of our hands, we get to sit back and say, look at what we did. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the the, the the crux of this thing. Even when we look at the Tower of Babel, sure. right? When we all come together, it says, man, anything they do together, mm-hmm. they're going to accomplish, sure, right. right? Now, you know, it's the, the point of what we're trying to do, you know, and how it coincides with the will of God. But at the end of the day, when we come together, that energy, the function of mm-hmm. it, right, we will accomplish something. Sure. So the matter is, what are we planning to accomplish? So this Breakfast with Dad's piece mm-hmm. is about galvanizing men. Now, mm-hmm. what is the purpose of galvanizing men in a setting like this? Because the youth need to understand that men care mm. that's that's first right mm-hmm. we care enough to show up mm-hmm. early in the morning early in the morning to celebrate you all mm-hmm. and to affirm you as you prepare to take a test, which causes anxiety for a lot of folks, lot of folks. because there's a lot tied to these standardized tests right. in these academic mm-hmm. environments. Right. So there's there's anxiety for the students, mm-hmm. and there's anxiety for the teachers, Principal. there's anxiety for the administrators, mm-hmm. there's anxiety all over the place. Right. But what we can do, right, mm-hmm. by showing up at this time of the morning, celebrating and affirming, is bring positive energy and plant positive of seeds mm-hmm. in the lives of everyone because mm-hmm. when we come together there's nothing we cannot accomplish yes, right yes, and yes, so sir. when we start looking at the purpose why is God bringing men together why are we sensitized mm-hmm. to the importance of men in a day like today, in a time like today, with all this going on and levels of administration and levels of leadership, mm-hmm. all these things that are happening, why is it important for us to be focused on purpose? Yes, sir. Right? What yeah. are we here for? Sure. Right? So God has brought us to do something specific. It sounds like you got yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking all, all of the things that you, you, you were saying, Pastor, yes, there's a saying, yes, sir. They're, just, they're just so profound. And, and thinkers... You know, when they hear philosophy, when they hear mm-hmm. great notions, mm-hmm. powerful axioms, they just start to think. I, I, I'm thinking about the murder rate. This may seem stretched, but it's not. I'm thinking about how, how just sitting here today, I've heard so much about um, information that will affect the murder rate mm. in in indirect ways and mm-hmm. in positive ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pastor Davis talked mm-hmm. about getting. Um, the, the, the school, IU School of McKinney, which I have an affinity for, for reasons we'll discuss later, uh, uh, getting records expunged. Yes, sir. To hear a young man who might otherwise be so disenfranchised sure. that he may be out sure. trying to find other means to that's make right. money. That's right. That's right. That's right. And that's, so you're dealing with it from the one level. Yes, sir. Uh, you, you mentioned that. Yes, sir. And then you have the Nehemiah uh, program, the, yes, uh, the network. Nehemiah notion, yes, sir. And, and now we're talking about a breakfast yes, uh, with dads. Yes, sir. So we are... we. You, you know, you cannot, while the murder rate is, is horrible and we are addressing it, the police forces and the pastors and Ten Point and, and others are coming. But that's how you have to come at it. Mm-hmm. The hub mentality mm-hmm. or, or, or swarm theory, if, yes, if you will, which, right. is a, which is a component of creativity <laughs> studies. You know, we, we and I, I saw, that's what I was thinking about, you know, mm-hmm. Brother Davis, when you were talking just how if people would listen mm. – Rather than complain, yes, there are you don't attack the murder rate mm. just by saying stop doing it. Mm. 
Because mm-hmm. I can do that. Right. Everybody in here is a preacher in right. one way or another. Mm-hmm. Right. We could just collectively say, if everybody stopped the shooting, <laughs> it's clearly it's not working. No. Sure. But breakfast with dad yeah. is deal with the ones who would potentially yes. walk in the school, see a gun laying in the street. Mm. But on their way, mm. st- learn to step over that gun and yeah. why you step right. over. Mm-hmm. Well, the ones who may have grabbed the gun, yes, sir, and used it, yes, and, yes. and, and now have a police record, yes, sir. We're gonna try to help you get past that, right. get past it, absolutely, yeah. And so, it's just, I was just thinking about how 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 this multifaceted approach is it's just it's just so powerful. It's it's yeah. it's, 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 it's 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 so it's it's just doing something to my heart about it, man, because <laughs> you know? it's just. You know, you got to go at it like that. As a pastor, I know sure. I have to deal with my senior men yes, sir. Yeah. who have a, who bring a history of whatever. Mm. Then I have to t- properly cultivate mm. my babies. Mm. Yeah. Then I've got to deal with the ones who still want to be a baby and think that they're grown. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's just so much to it. So you just, yeah. as you guys talk, it's just blessing me. Well, mm-hmm. I'll tell you something. That I was, And this is a, a phrase that I heard that uh, arrested me. I mean, it just, it would not let me go. And um, it is that... When you start dealing with the the murder rate and Mm -hmm. the why, right? And um, the phrase that I heard that I think applies so perfectly to that is that we are suffering and and our young folks are suffering from um, a lethal dose of hopelessness, right? And so when we think about the magnitude of that statement, that they are suffering from a lethal dose of hopelessness, right? So we we are, and I'm going back to this little wrist piece, this little wristband that says hope dealer. The reality is Mm -hmm. that people succeed, and the message of the cross is about hope, Mm -hmm. that you don't have to stay stuck in darkness, Mm -hmm. right? And so the challenge is that our young folks, Feel like they're stuck, that there is no hope. I can't get out. Expungements. What does expungement do? An expungement gives you hope right. that there's a way out. Mm-hmm. You know, when we start, when we do breakfast with dads, what does it do when men show up for these young people? It gives them hope. You know, um, when we start talking about men's ministry, when we talk about Lionheart or Sons of Allen and things that we're doing with these retreats and mm-hmm. fourth and goal and these little these these deals where we try to galvanize and gather men and pour in to their lives some encouragement and some affirmation to remind them who they are and mm-hmm. what they were created to be and to realize that the God who created you said that when he created you, this is very good. Mm-hmm. The creator of the universe said, man, when I created you, mm-hmm. it's very good. Mm-hmm. So just taking you back to that, reorienting mm-hmm. you, because unfortunately, living in a fallen world, it disorients us mm-hmm. spiritually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of meandering in the wilderness and in the darkness, groping for the light, mm-hmm. right? And so we are bringing it mm-hmm. again with like in the micro learning center concept, all these things. We're mm-hmm. bringing the light to you, mm-hmm. right? We are the light, right? We are yeah. the salt. So mm-hmm. if you're not thirsty for living water after having been mm-hmm. in our presence, then we're doing something wrong. There's something we need to recalibrate, That's powerful. Yeah, that's powerful. right? Yeah. Um, and so, good. Yeah, you are listening to the pulpit ministry <laughs> of Warp and Woof Radio every Wednesday morning. And now we have here from our good friend Chris Davis the latest word. We're going to get our good friend Chris Davis the latest word. We're going to get our good friend Chris Davis the latest word. We're going to get our good friend Chris Davis the latest word. We're going to get our good friend Chris Davis the latest word. We're going to get our good friend Chris Davis the latest word. We're going to get our good friend Chris Davis.
need to take a two-song <laughs> break here at the top of the hour. And when we come back, we're going to continue this great conversation about the power and the importance of men. I honestly hate to shut off that faucet, but my word, man, you were going, you were going lathering at the mouth <laughs> over here. Uh, we love, we love the conversation here this morning. Dr. Clyde Posley, Pastor Jerry Davis, Chris Davis, we're glad you're all here. Two-song break. We'll be right back. Warp and Woof Radio. And we are back. We have uh, been having a great conversation off air, as we do on air. I, I don't know, but I send out these questions, and I think to myself, uh, once we get going on this stuff, uh, maybe next time we have these guys in, we won't even send out a question list because we just jump in the pool and start swimming. Uh, this is a really great conversation here this morning. We're talking with uh, Pastor Jerry Davis and Chris Davis about their good work with men around the city as well as the educational emphases that they have going on. And I think uh, it might be helpful for us at the top of the hour here uh, to learn again about some of these ministries. Let's just kind of list them if you guys wouldn't mind for us. Uh, we've got breakfast for dads, and then I, I heard a whole bunch of other things y'all are doing. Why don't you just give our audience again just an overview of the panoply of things that you are all about. Sure. Well, uh, again, I'm Pastor Jerry Davis, pastor of Life Community AME Church on the corner of 46th and College. I am also the Indiana coordinator for the Sons of Allen uh, Men's Ministries for the AME Church. I am the founder of the Emanuel Connection Micro Learning Centers, Inc., which exists to convert otherwise abandoned homes into tutoring centers. And I'm happy to be in partnership with my good friend and brother, uh, Reverend Chris Davis. Well, uh, that's a great pass off. <laughs> Taking sips of yeah, coffee. Yeah, I'm telling you, I, I have to, man. There's so much, uh, so much wisdom in the room. I, I'm, a, I'm a sponge, or if you will, a, a saucer, just trying to catch the overflow. Um, but yeah, we, we're, we're, there's a number. There are a number of things that we're doing. Um, and what we try to do is we try to capsulate, right? We try to bring it all together. Um, and so we have a couple of components that bring it all together. And I'll just kind of maybe kind of describe a few sure. of the of the tentacles. But um, so there's an initiative that we have we are giving birth to, um, and it's called Streams. So it's it's piggybacking um, off of the, the, this movement to engage students in the areas of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And then, as we know, um, as we've learned, that they've added art because art is an extremely important component of that and so what we've done is they even made it more robust by adding literacy and sports in there so we, we call streams and so that acronym means uh, science technology reading engineering art mathematics and sports uh, one of the things that we realize is that athletes are um, influencers uh, especially in academic environments when you're looking at elementary school, middle school, and high school. And so if we can see that environment uh, with athletes who uh, have a per particular perspective, that they have a degree of health and, and that they um, are um, socially minded and oriented, then I think we can uh, you know, mitigate some of the dynamics that we're seeing the fruit of today. And so the streams piece it's actually given birth to so much. Uh, you know, the micro learning center still being a hub. 
um, and, I'll, and I'll pass the, the mic to uh, to Reverend Davis to kind of unpack some of the innovative uh, uh, things that we're trying to do. But you know, we're, we're trying to impact uh, entrepreneurs as it relates to launching and incubating folks who have vision to socially impact the neighborhood around them. Uh, we're, we're looking to create avenues and pathways to higher education by partnering with universities like Indiana University, whether it's Bloomington or IUPUI in Indianapolis. Uh, you know, hopefully Butler, the University of Indianapolis, all the, the surrounding areas and then beyond. Um, and, and, and to create, you know, ways and, and, and the pathways and remove barriers for folks to be educated. Um, mm-hmm. and then, you know, we're looking at, you know, creating opportunities from a curriculum based standpoint for students to, you know, for instance, uh, engage as it relates to music production or video production or, uh, creating, uh, uh heroes that resemble or reflect attributes that they see in themselves or that they aspire to, to, to have, right? And so, creating avenues for them to express themselves um, artistically um, and then, you know, inundating and surrounding them with support um, as it relates to mentoring or tutoring. Um, and then again, so it's not only just youth, it's also families. You know, one of the uh, the guests that you had on your show uh, maybe s- some months ago was uh, Commission Nunley with uh, Healing Your Hidden Hurts. Um, and so we wanted to look at this, at the, the way that we engage uh, the community around us from a trauma-informed standpoint. So to deal with trauma, the compound trauma that most of our folks uh, and the folks in, in under-resourced and underserved areas are suffering from. I mean, we, we you know, if, if someone breaks their leg, you cannot wonder why they limp if you understand that there's brokenness, right? And so if we can address the brokenness, then we address the limp. To some degree, right? And so we, we have to give credence to the injuries that people have sustained, um, you know, when we start looking at the fruit. Like, we, we cannot be upset about a runny nose uh, without giving, you know, you know, attention to the cold that's causing the runny nose, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're just coming at this approach in terms of community engagement, um, looking at it holistically and comprehensively. Like, how can we serve uh, in a way that addresses the whole person? First of all, we have to recognize that you are a human being right and you have gifts and talents and then you have mistakes as you are along this path i mean from a spiritual standpoint we understand that we're all on a sanctification path we're in a process of being 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 perfected right Mm -hmm. being conformed to the likeness of his son and so if we understand the path and the process that we are on and in right then of course it it flavors our approach as we engage those around us. And so programmatically, we realize that even as men, men of faith and um, the faith-based dynamics in terms of how we approach everything we do, uh, we want to have threads of that in everything that we do. So, you know, if we're feeding and we were, you know, from a food pantry standpoint and we're distributing, you know, food to those food deserts and, and trying to address those of uh, the food scarcity issues programmatically, then we'll do that with a heart uh, of God in terms of how we serve. So we, we might not necessarily be chapter and verse in terms of what we say to you, but we're going to share the, the truth of scripture, right? Mm-hmm. It, we can't help it. You know, we have hidden God's word in our hearts, right? So mm-hmm. if it bubbles over, out of you know, out of the the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if it's down there, 
we can't help it, right? right. And so we can't help but love on folks. And so, you know, programmatically, so, you you know, we we, there's a number of things. We have an international component uh, with our Global Youth Leaders Exchange where we're connecting local students with pen pals in other countries so that we can help our students who uh, feel like they're landlocked in a sense. They're neighborhood locked. Mm. I can't get out of Mm. this square radius of my neighborhood to take them and expose them to something outside of the country so that, you know, they can think globally that they can think about what my contribution is, not only to my neighborhood, not only to my city, not only to my state or my country, but the world, mm-hmm. right? Because we, th- this thing is about the world. Mm-hmm. We're globally connected already, right? It's Facebook and, you know, all these other social media platforms, they are globally connected. There are kids who play video games. We call it live, right? And they play against kids in other countries, People in other countries, we're already globally connected. We have to realize where we are and take advantage of that for their good. And so from a programmatic standpoint, we're just really looking at where we are and trying to serve as comprehensively as we can, but we're not trying to do it all by ourselves. So, you know, those who are um, familiar with the uh, philanthropic areas, you know, that that Mm -hmm. particular component, um, are aware of this this concept, this phrase, uh, collective impact, mm-hmm. and the reality is, it's very, it's it's biblical, right? The body of Christ is a compilation, a compilation, and a, a collection of gifts, right? And so everybody has their role. Everybody has their role to play all their gifts, you know, kind of to serve as the whole. And so we're, you know, that concept, the collective impact. So we all do what we do best. I don't try to do what you do. I just do what I do well. I do what I'm gifted to do. And we just collect everybody who has all these diverse gifts and, and, um, and, and core competencies. And we collectively, comprehensively serve those who we come in contact with. And I think even as you speak to that, um, it is important that you attract folks who are more hot message oriented than hot mess uh, oriented uh, folks who are more oriented around <laughs> finding um, blessings than they are with finding blame. Wow. And so oftentimes when we look at low reading scores, the first question we ask is, well, who's to blame for this? Right. As opposed to finding who can help with this mm. and bringing your individual skill and ability to the table. Mm. Uh, what I uh, want to make sure the listening audience hears is the background behind our pilot property, which is named uh, the Carlton and Jenny uh, Cheney Center. It is named after uh, Mr. Carlton Cheney, who came to Indianapolis in the 1940s. Uh, He came to Indianapolis from the cotton fields of Georgia with a sixth grade education. Uh, Though he came uh, to Indianapolis with a sixth grade education, he eventually amassed more than 23 rental properties throughout the city. And with all of the grit and effort and innovation that it took to amass those 23 rental properties across the city of Indianapolis, he decided to invest all of that in the next generation. So in 1975, he founded what he called the Carlton S. Cheney Singers. Mm -hmm. And every week, this community choir of teenagers had a different church to sing in Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday washing cars to raise money, um, and just remaining active, in fact, too active to get into any trouble. So 
if you talk to alumni of the Carlton S. Cheney Singers, many of whom serve as ministers of music throughout the city, they will tell you they didn't get into trouble because they did not have time <laughs> to get into trouble. Mm. Well, it so happens that the uh, pilot property for the Micro uh, Learning Center movement is one of the properties that was owned by Carlton Cheney. Mm. And when, when you talk about pulling the genius out of young people, uh, we're so excited and proud that um, the three curricula written for third graders at School 56 for the Cheney House uh, was actually developed out of Texas A&M for that house for the students at School 56. Uh, the first curriculum is called Indianapolis Voice. And Indianapolis Voice is a curriculum that walks students through writing music from a social justice perspective. And hmm. once they get done writing those songs from a social justice perspective, they are then taught how to mix recordings using GarageBand software. Um, the second curriculum is called Kid Globetrotter. Kid Globetrotter has the kids look at Globetrotter tricks, and as they're looking at those tricks, it becomes a means by which they can learn fractions, which is really important as they transition from third grade to fourth grade. And as Reverend Chris was sharing, the third curriculum is uh, called Super Kid Swag, where the kid comes up with a comic book character that reflects the images they see in themselves. And so in all of this, the student is um, looking to see how equal they are uh, to folks um, who may not look like them, um, folks who may have more resources than they have. Um, if one is going to um, experience an equitable amount of resources in their city, in the state, and in the country, they first have to look at themselves and see that they deserve mm. those resources. And so that's why that Super Kids swag curriculum mm. is so important. Mm. And then the ability to write music and, and to see their genius on paper uh, becomes a critical component of the educational process. Mm. And so as we move forward and address uh, what has been coined the school-to-prison pipeline from the educational perspective and, and the, um, uh, the prison perspective. We're just excited for those who have come along, again, uh, not looking for blame, uh, but, but looking for blessing. We know Scripture tells us Jesus was walking uh, with the metaphorical church one day, and the church was looking at a man who had been born blind. Mm -hmm. And because they were so oriented around blame, that's the only thing they looked for. Exactly. But, but Jesus had more of a blessing orientation That's right. and mm -hmm. said, this man is not blind because of anybody's sin or mistake, mm -hmm. but so that the works of God can mm -hmm. be displayed in him. Wow. And so I'm, I'm just excited to pastor a people mm -hmm. who are not asking who's to blame, right. but asking who can help. And if anybody in the city of Indianapolis has shown what it means to ask that question, it's, it's Mr. Cheney. And we're just so happy and proud to be able to occupy one of the homes he owned for this purpose. This is a, a wonderful statement, and I think uh, probably a good opportunity for us to take our last break. Uh, but before we do, just to emphasize, uh, kind of reverberate again with what you all are talking about, and that is 
the purpose of this show isn't to criticize, it's not to condemn, it's not to have uh, uh, any kind of uh, dialogue between two opposing forces. It's to have a, a statement to the, to the city of Indianapolis that says there are people in Indianapolis that are doing good, there are Christian folk here that are doing good, and these things need to be magnified. That's right. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at Radio X.TV at the Cool Groove site. We're going to take one song break. Be right back. We're back at Warp and Woof Radio. And just to remind everybody what Warp and Woof means, Warp and Woof are the vertical horizontal threads that make fabric, which means that there's an interconnectivity between all things. And we're not talking about an Eastern mystic religious uh, event here where we're all one with God. We're talking about the baseline idea that comes out of Colossians 1.17. By him, by Jesus, are all things held together. So he is the cohesion. He is the coherence of all things. And that's of necessity for us to understand that everything that is in this life, uh, our relationships with each other, as well as every subject area, every molecule, every atom, has been orchestrated and brought to pass and is sustained and will be culminated by the one who has made all things. His name is Jesus. And so Warp and Woof is really important to us, this interconnectivity, this interdisciplinary idea. And really that's in many ways we've been discussing that already today uh, from various vantage points here. Dr. Clyde Posley, Pastor Jerry Davis, Chris Davis, we are here to discuss issues that relate to men and to education But uh, off air, we were uh, listening to Chris talk about this idea of the necessity of being with each other and how that helps not just him but all of us. And so we wanted to come back to that particular issue in the last 20 minutes or so that we have in our show to discuss the necessity of interconnections, relationships with men, with each other, and the importance of that. So I'm just laying it out there once again for you all to to kind of uh, touch base on those ideas. Well, I'd like to uh, just jump in here. Um, uh, you know, again, my good friend, uh, our good friend, uh, Reverend Randall Pierce, um, had a a conference that he did with men uh, a couple of weeks back, and you know, each of the the speakers got uh, got a word that we wanted to kind of share about, and uh, so my word was connection, ironically. <laughs> so one of the things that I was sharing with the men is, um, you know, the story of Jonathan and David. Mm. And one of the things that Jonathan, it was it, the scripture said that um, that Jonathan uh, loved David as himself, and it said it twice, right? So anytime that you're studying scripture, anything that's mentioned twice, you need to pay attention to it. And I was just sharing with the brothers. I said, you know, what's interesting is that um, that you know that phrase is mentioned in the New Testament as well. Mm-hmm. Right, in the great, um, the great commandment, right, that we should love God with all our heart, mind, and strength, and the second like it, that we should love our neighbor as ourselves. And I said, man, wow, you know, what kind of love was that? That that Jonathan, you know, that that he loved David as himself, and it says that they their souls were knit together, right? And I, I just I was blown away by that. But when I when I look at the fabric and the framework of our lives and the interconnectedness that, you know, that relationships matter, that Jesus Christ came to repair relationship, right? The whole relational dynamic that when we evangelize and we share the good news of the cross, Mm -hmm. it's a, it's about relationship. It's relational, right? We don't do this in a vacuum. Um, and the impact of men in one another's lives and, you know, this, the fellowship and how much it has blessed me. And so I just wanted to kind of throw Mm -hmm. that out there because, you know, I, I'm, I've been mm. overwhelmed by mm. 
um, what God is doing, in, you know, in this season of my life by bringing me into contact with uh, incredible, incredible men, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and one of the things that I share. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a story very similar to a, a number of guys where, you know, we have fathers and for whatever reason, you know, my father, my biological father was in the military. And so that took him away from us. And so I, I was yearning for male mm-hmm. interaction. Mm-hmm. And so I, I often share, you know, that I gathered a lot of the principles uh, a la carte. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of, you know, would run into guys and say, hmm, I like that. I'm going to implement that. I, I kind of mm-hmm. like that. I'm going to hold on to that. I like that. I like that. I like that. And so. Um, was just kind of gathering all that I needed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was kind of forging in the wilderness mm-hmm. for the things that I needed mm-hmm. to to be who I mm-hmm. felt like God wanted me to be. And obviously, mm-hmm. you you stumble over stuff, you trip over you know rocks and things along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you sprain your ankle, you know, in 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 potholes along mm-hmm. the way, right? Mm-hmm. But but you're still moving forward. And so I think a lot of what mm-hmm. I am grateful for is just fellowship with uh, with men. Mm-hmm. You, know? Yeah. you know, I um I I I concur. The the Mm -hmm. relationship with men throughout the script and the scripture supports it. Sure, Uh, the importance of relationship with men so much so. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to pass things over because I like to hear uh, uh, Pastor Davis talk. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Uh, Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But 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 uh, Dr. Eccles and I have discussed this um, at at, at length. But the it's it's important to note. That the first miracle of the church mm. was a a miracle designed to repair men's relationships. Wow! Mm. Sure. Mm. The first one was between the apostles. Mm-hmm. Flavius Josephus uh, consistently writes mm-hmm. that um, Peter and John mm-hmm. basically didn't get along. They 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 didn't have a good relationship. Uh, they came from two backgrounds, two different backgrounds, and their personalities were totally different. Mm-hmm. And but here we have Peter and John going into the temple, mm-hmm. the hour of prayer to pray. Mm-hmm. This the Bible is notioning for us mm-hmm. that this relationship has been repaired. Yeah, and wow. now I'm going to do a social justice uh, yes, sir. miracle. Wow! So wow. I'm going to take get these two men together mm. wow and minister to a man yes whom other men have been bringing mm. to the outside of the church mm. or the outside of worship but they've never taken him in mm. that's because people can only get you to Christ mm. only Christ your faith can get you in Christ mm. wow and so wow. the first the foundational work of the church right was a social justice mm. miracle to help a young man see Christ and be mm. delivered from the economic stronghold mm. and and fallacies mm. that he thinks are connected mm. to wealth. Mm. Mm. Wow. Interesting. You know, um, I celebrate the fact uh, you bring up Peter and John. Mm-hmm. They were literally running buddies. On resurrection, that's right. You know, by that, that's right. They're they're running buddies, and 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 by that night, you know, the brothers were locked in a room, mm-hmm. but Jesus still showed up. That's right. And the next week, they repeated the pattern. 
men in a locked room. And Reverend Chris and I were blessed in November to gather men outside of Bloomington, Indiana, at Bradford Woods mm. in the cabins. And we got together. And men in that room began to share and show their wounds. And when one of the brothers shared how awkward he felt about showing his wounds, I told him that that when Jesus showed up the week after the resurrection and showed his wounds because Thomas demanded to see them, mm -hmm. the setting was a locked room. And how important it is that men mm -hmm. regularly get together in locked rooms where it's safe for us to share our wounds. Oh, my God. You know. Um, and in that, that experience, that weekend was therapeutic for me personally, and it was therapeutic for me as a pastor, um, just therapeutic for me as a man. And when I looked at how high achieving the men were who had wounds, yeah. <laughs> right, well, oh high achieving yeah. and wounded at the same time. Mm. And, you know, a week after the resurrection, having died and done everything necessary for humanity to be saved, to be buried and rise again, and show your side in your hands, you can't be any more high-functioning and wounded mm. as Jesus was in that moment, mm. you know. And so with that, I'm personally knowing uh, Reverend Chris and uh, Pastor Posley and, and, and Dr. Mark, I'm just in a place where I am growing comfortable with my insufficiency. Mm. You know? Wow. And that's where the power is. That's what, Paul that's, where the, that's what he said. That's what Paul said. You know, I'm connected with Christ, and when I'm weak, he's made strong. But in addition to that, you know, I'm connected with Christ, but I'm, I'm, I'm having to be connected with y'all. Absolutely. Mm. <laughs> I'm getting ready to bless you. I'm getting ready to, yeah. I'm getting ready to, I'm getting ready to tie you guys together in a, more in, a in a powerful way. Wow. Earlier, brother, brother uh, Chris said yeah. that he was blown away that the IU and sure. Illinois connection, sure. Memorial Stadium connection. Yeah. Watch this, Pastor. Yes, Don't sir. run when I tell you. <laughs> in 1977. Yes, sir. I was 11 years old. And I was, uh, I had been bused to school, public school 62. Mm. It wasn't a happy time. They mm. did not want integration. No, right. And uh, wow. there was a lot of just racism, and it was a difficult time for me because mm. I'd grown up in a predominantly black culture. Sure. And bust over the 10th and Wallace. There are no black people, were no black people there. Mm -hmm. And we get to a school system, and there are clubs and bricks and everything out there when I get, I'm seven years old. Wow. And so by the time I'm in the sixth grade, I'm, I, I've now had five, four or five years of having to have uh, a different culture forced on me every day. Mm. Wow. It was never comfortable. So 
until one day in 1977 at Bradford Woods, we went to camp. Wow. And I was forced to stay in a cabin with a guy wow. named Keith Woods. Wow. Because we were the same. I was a bigger kid than the other. We, sure. Because we were the same size. Right. And a gym teacher named James Bewley specifically put us in this cabin mm. together mm. to learn how to get along with someone of a different race. Wow. At Bradford, Bradford Woods. Wow. Isn't that amazing? He locked us. Wow. And they had these barns. I don't know if they still have them in Sydney. They they're like they're like little barns. Yeah, they are. And they have rooms in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And it's, they're, they're all rolled up. Yeah, yeah. He put Keith Woods and I together. We were both big kids. And that was the first time for me sure. that I really actually embraced the idea mm. that he and I are just alike. Mm. Mm. And that our skin colors have nothing to do. We cried in that room. He talked about what his childhood had been like, what mine had been like. Mm. And uh, that 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 particular night yeah. mm-hmm. started the process of me believing that the best way for the world to be mm. is for people who don't have the same culture yes. to find a way to yeah. get along. And, you wow. know, um, two things for me with that. I think um, Pentecost. Mm. Oh, yes. Right speaks to the ability right. to communicate with someone That's right. with a different background. That's right. Mm. And the desire of God for it to be how we proceed. How we proceed. That's right. And so I know I'm spirit-filled if I can communicate with somebody mm-hmm. who comes from a different background. That's right. And, and for me, it ties into my comfort with being insufficient. We're told that everybody in the upper room had what looked like cloven tongues of fire mm-hmm. descend upon, upon them, them and all nations surrounding that room heard their language spoken. Mm-hmm. What I'm very clear about is no single person in that room had to have the ability to speak all the languages That's right. that surrounded them. That's right. And so today when I look at my areas of insufficiency, I thank God that I'm not only connected with Christ, but he's connected me with men That's right. who've got That's right. what I don't have. That's mm. and, and you have what we don't have. It, Absolutely. Well, and Absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, if, I don't, if you don't mind me uh, in, in, my, in my, my point guard uh, 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 tendencies, but I want to throw this alley-oop to, to Dr. Echo yeah. right. because we were talking sure. about you know, a conversation that you were having um, in an academic setting uh, about, you know, about, about the dynamics of this show mm-hmm. um, and how it's a blessing. I don't know if you, know, you want to share. Sure, just uh, I'll share generally that what we do on this show uh, matters to all of Indianapolis, frankly, around the world. I, mm-hmm. When I go and look at some of the analytics, I mean, people are listening to us everywhere. <clears throat> but beyond that, one of the strengths of a show like this is visual. I mean, I know that mm. what we do here is verbal, but sure. the strength of this show is a picture, and the picture is of Dr. Posley and Dr. Eckel mm-hmm. next to each other. And those two pictures next to each other are making a statement That's right. without making a statement. That's right. And that statement is that it doesn't, ethnicity doesn't matter as much as the 
the necessity of Jesus. Absolutely. And what brings us together is the harmony of regeneration of mm. Christ's work. On That's right. Mm-hmm. And so that is the thing that stands out to people. And so when I'm on campus at IUPUI or when I'm talking with students or faculty or, or whomever I'm, I'm with or talking with, uh, the same kind of thing comes up. And they will essentially say this to me. So here I am. If you haven't figured this out and you don't know who I am, I'm white, okay? <laughs> Just so you know. So a lot of the folks that we have on the show are black. And, that, and when people around the city talk about this, mm-hmm. they talk in the first or second sentence of that fact, mm-hmm. that you have a lot of black guests on your mm-hmm. show. Why is that? And so I get an opportunity then to That's share right. about... Yeah why that's so important to us yes. and the necessity of uh, doing this kind of thing mm. and making a statement without making a statement by just putting our mm. pictures together. Sure. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, after the show, when as HB's already put up for us, uh, our picture together is going to make another statement that's to right. Indianapolis. That's yes. right. And we continue to make that statement right. without making a statement. That's right. That's, wow. That's, uh, I love it. The, the ministry of helps, mm. service to the community, mm. cannot be... Can, cannot come from one color if it does it's not god mm. it's wow. not that's it's 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 that's just the way wow. it is wow. it's just the way it is and and you have made a statement mm. uh just even the desire to have such a show mm. that you believe that mm. that that no one culture mm. and 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 i'm standing here i'm sitting here as a black man mm-hmm. you know i went to a black school mm-hmm and and I and and I pastor a predominantly black congregation, mm-hmm. and I'm saying to my and my congregation has heard me say, but I'm saying to the to all of our listeners, there is no God is not pleased with any one church only being one ethnicity because actually what it says mm. is that we're not probably doing our part to reach out to another culture. Mm-hmm. Now people say, well, you know, people are supposed to have some. Listen, the answers to the problems of the world today will not come from one culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. It, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Heaven mm-hmm. is not any one ethnicity. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, we wow. know there's no flesh in heaven. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. But we need to start acting like we're on the way to heaven now and stop yeah. letting flesh be a part of yeah. the solutions that we need. Wow. Sure. I love this page. show. The picture on the front page of the Indianapolis Star needs to look more like Revelation 5, 7, and 9. Ah. It does uh, re- what it regularly shows, right, right, uh, right. which is uh, constant divisiveness. Yeah. Sure. So maybe yeah. this is a, a good way to end our show. We've got about five minutes left. Let's just uh, kind of go around the table and each of you take one minute. I know that's going to be hard for all you preachers <laughs> around this <God>. table. <laughs> one minute to kind of summarize what do you want to leave people with today? One thing that you want them to remember that you uh, want to communicate right now? So I'll, I'll take the first uh, stab at this thing, and I'll try to be as brief as I possibly can within the 60 seconds that I have. Um, you know, I want uh, folks to, you know, to, to, to uh, focus in on uh, the multi-generational dynamics of the relationships that, that God has uh, ordained for us to, to establish. And so just to serve, um, you know, men and women, just the, the, you know, the dynamics of, of culture, um, and the heart of Christ and how we love on and engage other people, you know, and, and really, you know, that we be, uh, gracious and merciful and forgiving. Right. Um, and, and all the ways that that is uh, implemented in the lives of the folks around us. 
You've heard it said three strikes, you're out. I don't know who needs to hear this, but three strikes, you're in. Regardless of where you've found yourself and regardless of how you got there, you can take a hot mess and make a hot message. Uh, you are not by yourself. Jesus Christ came to die just for you. And he put the same spirit that was in him in us. And so I'm grateful today to uh, be a pastor. I'm grateful today to be a part of the church that Jesus left uh, to join with men like you and, and people in the community uh, to go out, see a problem, um, not look for blame, but look for a blessing. I would just like to conclude by saying that today has been a tremendous broadcast, a tremendous broadcast. But, but, but what I've been left with more than anything is the importance of the message of the cross. Reconciliation is the ministry of God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. This show, their ministry is all about restoring, placing things and people back in their design uh, place, a position that God intended. This show is doing great works. The Davis, the Davis men are doing great works. I'm honored uh, to be a part of what this show is doing. And I'm telling you, as I, in my closing statement, I am getting all kind of feedback about the guests we're bringing. Commissioner Nunley is, 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 is a, is a psycho is a psychology genius mm -hmm. because she incorporates theology mm -hmm. and spiritual uh, spirituality and psychology. She is a genius mm -hmm. at what she's doing. What what Davis is doing, Pastor, uh, 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 what Brother Davis is doing, just at his age, mm -hmm. at his age, the wisdom that he has, and then what Pastor is doing. He uh, just just bringing the theological perspectives. And then you, Mark, and I'm done with this. We're here because of what God is doing with you. That's right. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm, I'm co-host now because you asked. That's you, right. You, this is a ministry that God is doing with you and HB. And you ought to be a part. I'm glad to be a part of it, man, and I'm proud to know you. Oh, man. Well, that goes both ways, brother. I am uh, thrilled every single week uh, with the folks that we have in here and uh, – not any less today, let me tell you, uh, my friends, my brothers, uh, Chris and Jerry and Clyde, um, if you ever get a chance to uh, see these folks in action around Indianapolis, please take the opportunity to do so. Do not forget Breakfast with Dads this Friday. Chris, one more time, tell us exactly where it is. So it's at the Ignite Achievement Academy. It's 1002 West 25th Street. Uh, not too far from a very familiar uh, pillar in that community, the Flanner House and uh, Center for Leadership Development. So it's right down the street on 25th Street. Uh, Shaquan Eli is the uh, one of the head of school um, at the school at that at that location. One of the visionaries, and so it's the Ignite Achievement Academy, 1002 West 25th Street, April 13th at uh, eight o'clock. One other thing, my publicist told me to plug my book. If if I didn't, she was going to have a problem with it. So I need, I need to say this. I, I have a book coming out in a couple of weeks. You can pre-order it on Amazon. More Than Icons and Images, Uncovering the Hidden Protest Narrative of the Black American Athlete in the 21st Century. That's great. 
And once again, uh, you know, I'm sitting at a table with some brilliant folks here. Thanks ever so much for all of your investment of time today. We're grateful for having you on the show. Thank you. We're looking forward to great things. And, of course, we'll see you again on Friday when we will be at Breakfast with Dads. Yes, sir. Yes. You've been listening to Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We come to you every Wednesday from 10 until noon. And next week, we have a great opportunity to hear from an entrepreneur. We'll be talking about entrepreneurialism next week with Shamara Cox. She will be here in our second hour. And uh, Dr. Clyde Posley, Dr. Mark Eckel will set up that discussion with a biblical base in our first hour. Until then, blessings on your week. Warp and Woof Radio, we will be back next week, next Wednesday, 10 to 12. See you then. on my campus. This is how one Comenius Institute student sees our work at IUPUI. Hi, I'm Dr. Mark Eckel. Multiple studies show that 75% of Christian young people may leave the church altogether after attending public universities. One of the key ingredients to maintaining Christian faith commitment through college is personal, spiritual investment in students. We are committed to spending time with Christian young people. The Comenius Institute, where Christian wisdom and college life meet.